Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. With Family on Mission, there's there's kind of two types of family. And I'm not going to, this could be a whole topic all in itself, so I'm not going to do this. There's your family of origin, and there's your family of choice. Your family of origin is the family that you're born into. You don't have a choice. They are your family. For good, for bad, for everything, right? This, this, they are your family, right? Sorry. <laughs> They're your family, right? But there's also a family of choice. Now, the body of Christ, the church, us here right now, are a family of choice. You chose to be here. You chose to be part of this family. And in doing so, what you chose is to accept the flaws, the insecurities, the failures, the sin of our family members. And we did the same thing for you. (laughs) Here's the beautiful thing about the family of choice, the church, is that it's made up of a bunch of individuals. It's made up of a bunch of people that God has used to pull together to create this beautiful tapestry, and that is the problem. We're the problem. But God uses this to create something beautiful. This here is a picture of a tapestry. And I wanted to, that's not a picture of a tapestry. That is a, that is a picture of a tapestry, okay. I wanted to do this because you see the full tapestry and it's beautiful and it's a piece of art. But each one of those individual strands on their own is imperfect, especially if you look at tapestries and when they made them all the way back into biblical and Old Testament times, the thread that was used was imperfect. It was imperfect because of the process that was used to develop it out. Each one of those strands was imperfect, but you put it together and it creates a masterpiece. This is what God is doing with us. This is what God is doing with his church. And I want to just speak this over you, that your uniqueness is what makes us unique. What you bring to the kingdom of God, what you bring to River Valley makes us unique in a really, really cool way. Your pain, your hurts, your history, the talents and the abilities, the way God has crafted you, the the, the incredible giftings that God has put inside of each person, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in each person, God has caused us to be able to come together. And it makes River Valley unique and beautiful because this is what God is doing, right? So this is what God is doing. This is what God is putting together. And God gave us the perfect way to be able to relate to one another in our brokenness, our imperfections, so that we can be a strong, unified, loving family on mission. And I like to call this today the secret sauce of relationship. The secret sauce of relationship. Yeah, it's cutesy, but go with me. I like to have fun with this. Uh, I love barbecue sauce. Um, Anybody else like barbecue sauce? Yeah, I like barbecue sauce. I like all kinds of barbecue sauce. I like going to different barbecue restaurants and trying all of their different variations of their house barbecue sauce. It is just, it's my favorite thing to do. It really is. If you want to bless me and you want to just really show love to your, one of your pastors, you may get me barbecue sauce. And it will show me that you love me. 
It's just, it's, it's simple, right? You don't have to do anything except get me barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce. One of my favorite things is to actually go to a restaurant that has a house barbecue sauce, and you, you're, you ask them, you're like, okay, so, so explain to me here what's in your, your house sauce, right? And, and what do they say? Oh, it's a, it's a secret sauce. It's, it's a secret sauce, right? The recipe is in the, the safe in the office that no one knows, and Aunt Gertrude gets here at 4 a.m., and she starts whipping up a batch before anybody else gets here in the morning, right? It's a secret sauce. Like, you don't know what it is. Our relationships in the kingdom of God are a secret sauce, okay? Think about it this way, that there are ingredients to what our relationships in the kingdom of God look like that create the secret sauce, that when the world looks at it, they're like, What's different about them? I like that. But why do I like that? There's ingredients that God has put in. Now, barbecue sauce would not taste the same if the ingredients weren't right. And our relationships cannot reflect the kingdom unless the ingredients are right. And so for us to understand, okay, for this secret sauce of kingdom-focused relationships, what is What are the ingredients? And that's what I want us to be able to talk about today. When we get a hold of what these ingredients are, we will not only make a shift in our family, but in the world, being able to see the glory of God expressed through us. Going back to what Pastor Joe shared a couple of weeks ago here, when we get this secret sauce, when we get these ingredients, the glory of God is going to be revealed to the world. This is what is so cool about it. When we actually live in relationship with one another, the world, the the people who do not know Christ are going to go, wow, there's something different. So we do this in the way that we live. The secret sauce, newsflash, is not actually that much of a secret. I call it a secret sauce because it's fun, but the secret sauce is not actually that secret. Jesus actually blatantly said it. In John 13, 35, he says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. What's the this? If you love one another. Very simple. The world will know because of your love. The world will be able to see Christ because of your love. Now, that word love has gotten destroyed in our culture. There are ingredients to the love that Jesus is talking about here that will show the world his glory, okay? Because this word has gotten attacked, but there are visual aspects to it that make these relationships in the kingdom different. And here are these ingredients. Now, you can boil these down different. You can say these a bunch of different ways, but this is where I want to really hone in on today for the rest of our time, and that's this. The ingredients to the secret sauce of the kingdom relationships are forgiveness, blessing, and service, If you want to live a life in relationship and community that shows off the glory of God, we learn to forgive, we learn to bless, and we learn to serve. This is how the world will see something different in us, okay? Because without the Holy Spirit, we can't really do these things very well. Forgiveness without the power of the Holy Spirit, actually being able to accept forgiveness and extend forgiveness is pretty much impossible without the Holy Spirit inside of us that's giving us the power to do that. Now, this is something that, that, uh, as I talk today, it's something that's very fresh for me because 
I've been going on a journey of understanding um, what forgiveness actually does and what unforgiveness actually does. Because when we live lives that are full of unforgiveness and judgment, it actually binds us. And we don't have the freedom in Christ that we were intended to have. And so in order for us to live the full life that God has, we have to understand the power of forgiveness in our life. And I get this for a second, that much of what we think and speak over ourselves is naturally grounded in unforgiveness and judgment. It naturally is. Here's what I mean by this. There was a study that was done by a man named Mark Verkler. This was years and years ago, and he put together a curriculum called Pure in Heart. And uh, among other things, one of the things he did is he researched thoughts. And he discovered that naturally speaking, on average, a person has 80% negative, critical, judgmental, unforgiving thoughts. 80% of our thoughts, okay? And only 20% are actually positive, life-giving, filling, blessing towards one another. 20%. Now, we talked about this at our small group this last week, and our small group was like, yeah, maybe 95.5? Can we, can we get 95.5? You know, it's, it's maybe a little higher, but this is naturally how we are. Now, now here's the, the spiritual piece of this, is that there are two forces at work, and we are aware of this. The two forces of work are the voice of the accuser and the influence of the accuser, which is Satan, and the voice of the Holy Spirit, the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And those are both vying for our attention, okay? Now, this isn't like yin-yang where it's like they're equal and they're fighting out for which one wins. Like, that's not it. God has already won, right? The cross is there, right? The Holy Spirit wins. But on a day-to-day basis, we fight the wrestling of the voice of the accuser and the voice of the comforter in our lives. Wouldn't you agree? we, We fight this. And a lot of times... You look and you say, 80%, 80%. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. 80% of the lies of the accuser that are coming in. So here's, here's where the spiritual meets the natural. Is that when we agree with the 80% of negative, pessimistic, judgmental thoughts in our mind, what we are actually doing is we're siding with the accuser. We are joining with him and saying, yes, I agree with the accusations of the accuser on my life, and on the people around me. And when we live in unforgiveness and when we live in judgment, this is what it does. But when we are able to actually, by the Holy Spirit, align with life-giving words and blessing and forgiveness, both on ourselves and other people, we align with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would much rather align with the Holy Spirit. Right? And this is a work that only the Holy Spirit can do. This is what's so cool, is that even though there is unforgiveness, and even though our minds are naturally wired, I'm talking naturally wired, for that 80% negativity and pessimistic and judgment and all this kind of stuff, there is a better way. Forgiveness can start with us. And this is what the, the, the better way looks like when the Holy Spirit works in our life. This is the power of 2 Corinthians 10, when it says, take every thought captive, Every thought that elevates itself against the word of God, we take it and we make it submit to the word of God. We take those thoughts captive by the power of the Holy Spirit, those negative, those judgmental thoughts. This is what Romans 12 says when it says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't think the way the world does. 
don't judge everybody and don't, don't think down about other people, but I want you to be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that what you start thinking and processing about yourself and about others comes from this place of the comforter, which comes to bring blessing and comes to bring life and comes to bring wholeness and comes to bring freedom. But the enemy wants to keep us locked in this unforgiveness place. And this is where he wants to work. Forgiveness is a powerful, powerful thing that breaks off the power of the enemy in our lives and in other people, okay? And God has given us the ability to be agents of forgiveness to those around us, okay? Now, that's the setup. Forgiveness, when we talk about this, we're going to talk about for, for just a few minutes here, but forgiveness has to start with us. This is something, this is where the rubber meets the road for me. Forgiveness, in order for us to be able to extend forgiveness, we have to first understand that we are forgiven. And we have to accept the forgiveness for ourselves. And, and, and it's, well, yeah, I just have a hard time with myself, but I, I, I'm not upset at anybody. I'm not, I don't have unforgiveness. No, we can't deal with unforgiveness, any other form of forgiveness until we deal with the unforgiveness in us. There's a beautiful story in the book of Luke in chapter 7 where Mary Magdalene comes and Jesus is at the house of the Pharisee and they're sitting and reclining and she comes with the alabaster jar and she breaks the alabaster jar of the expensive perfume and then she cries and wipes his feet with her hair and her tears and she's criticized for doing this. Well, what's Jesus' response? Therefore, I tell you that her many sins have been forgiven. And that's why she loves. She's doing what she's doing. She's embarrassing herself. She's breaking this expensive. She's bringing all that she has. Why? Because she's been forgiven. And because she's been forgiven, she loves much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Does that mean that some of us are forgiven little and some of us are forgiven a lot? No, the forgiveness is the same. It's have we understood what that actually means for us. The forgiveness of Christ is complete on the cross. Everything is forgiven. But it's up to us if we actually step into understanding what that really means in our lives. This is one of the hardest things for us to be able to grab a hold of. And I want you to think about this. Mary Magdalene, the picture of this woman who had lived a sinful life. She had lived a life that anything that you could possibly think and imagine, she had done. And in the moment at the feet of Jesus, she's forgiven. She's forgiven. And if that lady in that beautiful picture there with Jesus receives the forgiveness of Christ, how much more us? How much more us? My word to you this morning is that there is forgiveness for your life. the things that you come in with, the judgments that you continue to put on yourself, the things that you continue to carry and that the enemy continues to rob your life with, there's forgiveness for you today. And it's no strings attached. And it's complete. And it's done. And it's finished. And if for some of us today, that's the it moment, is understanding and receiving the forgiveness that Christ has for you. And this is an ongoing thing. I'm going to tell you this right now, that it's not like, 
one time fixes everything. This is an ongoing thing of understanding the forgiveness and realizing the forgiveness in our lives. And God is patient and God is faithful and he is kind. And he is right there to say, listen, I know that this is something that you've struggled and you've wrestled with and you've carried the judgment of the sin, but you're forgiven. The message is not changed over your life. If you get nothing else out of today, please walk away with the fact that you have been forgiven. Now, when we have been forgiven, we turn around and we forgive. And I understand, like, this is where it gets a little hard because we live in real hurt. We live with things that have been done to us. We live with the judgments that people have put on our lives. We live in those things, and those hurts are very real. They're very real. They're not, they're not fake. What you've walked through in areas of unforgiveness towards your life are very real things. But, but here's the really cool thing, is we've been given an example of who to follow in extending forgiveness to others. You see, Jesus, when he died, was thinking about this, on the cross carrying all the sin of all history, of all humanity, everything, with the weight of all of that and with the added effect of the fact that his father had actually turned his face away from his son in utter isolation with all the sin that, that we put on him, what were his words? Father, forgive them. Okay, so if he could do it, we can do it. We can forgive something that has been said wrong to us. We can forgive someone who's rubbed us the wrong way. We can forgive a trust that has been broken. We can forgive judgments and curses on us from parents and friends. We can forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made and that we carry with us. We can forgive. And those are hard statements to say, but there is a blessing when we are able to forgive. And there's a beautiful thing that happens. There is a freedom that happens when we are able to actually walk in that. So what, what does this look like? How do, how do we forgive? Because this is the piece that I want you to be able to walk away with. This is not, you know, maybe as light of a message as some are, but I want to give you some tools here today because I believe that for so many of us that walk around in the accusation and the condemnation of the enemy on our lives, and then the areas that we have joined with the accuser on other people, and we have people that we have not extended forgiveness to and that there's still judgment towards, and it even shows up in little things like this terrible word called criticism. When we criticize, we cast judgment. And those are areas of unforgiveness. And those are all, when we live in that space, there is a freedom that can come from that. So the first thing is this, and, and take a picture of this. Um, Claire, you can put this up here. And then we're going to turn a corner because the next part is really cool, is how do we forgive? The first thing is this, is to ask God to search and to show areas of unforgiveness and judgment is to actually say, Holy Spirit, help me to know where are those areas that I have held unforgiveness towards. Maybe it's in my life. 
Maybe it's towards somebody else. Where are those areas of unforgiveness, even the little areas of unforgiveness? Okay, um, couples, married couples, if you want something that'll really mess your marriage up, ask this about your spouse. Are there areas of unforgiveness in my life towards my spouse? It'll mess you up. It's really good, okay? <laughs> Number two, through prayer, verbalize forgiveness towards them. This sounds simple, but when we actually say, I forgive, fill in the blank, for what they did. When we verbalize that, your words have power. Your words have life. Proverbs says that the power of life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so for us to be able to actually verbalize forgiveness, to release forgiveness, God designed us to actually function this way. So when we actually grab a hold, the Spirit highlights areas of unforgiveness in our life, and then we're actually able to pray through these and verbalize them, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the forgiveness is released. And then the final step is this, is to be able to speak blessing on ourselves and others. This is also something that we do a really terrible job at. I, I do a terrible job of this, actually speaking blessing over myself and speaking blessing over other people, but verbalizing it. This process here is something that you could go through on a daily basis Holy Spirit, show me those areas where I have unforgiveness and I have judgment and I have criticism in my life. And then, Father, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and to forgive, and I forgive. And I pray that you would break off the judgments that have been placed on me or placed on other people. And we do this through prayer, which activates something in the world. And then we pray blessing to be upon people. Listen, I know they hurt me. I know they said something that really hurt me, or I know the trust was broken, and it's really hard, and I'm having a hard time go through, but I pray blessing on them in the name of Jesus. I pray the Holy Spirit, and it's not like a, I pray that you would bless them so that they would understand what they've done so that they know they would be able to change, and they'd be able to come back and recognize that what they did to me was wrong, and they would apologize to me because that's really what needs to happen. <gasps> it's blessing with no strings attached. Okay. Spouses, if we were to really bless one another. Kids, if you were to bless your parents. If we were to go in and we were to bless our employers. If we were to actually carry the words of blessing, the words of life on our tongue, I could tell you this right now, things would change. Things would be different, right? Now, this is not easy. I'm not saying that this is like, oh, that's great, wonderful, but you don't know what I walked through. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. The hurt is real but there is power in this. Now, here's the, here's the second part of this. We forgive, and then we bless. People will know that we are his disciples when we love, and the love that is full of forgiveness and full of blessing. One of our favorite things to do during the summer is go down to, uh, or go up to Eagle and go along the river and play in the river up there and throw rocks in and throw Dustin in and all that kind of stuff. It's wonderful. Um, he throws himself in, so it's actually fine. But we go up there and we play. But every time, I don't know if you've ever done this, if you go down on the, 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 the river down there, what do you always see? You see the little pools that kids have dammed off with rocks and the little fish in there that are fighting for their life, <laughs> right? And you stick your pinky in and the water's hot, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? Okay, right. Here, here's the principle. This, this, God was showing me this the other day. The principle is this. Forgiveness removes the rocks, Blessing is the fresh 
water of life of the spirit that can come back into those places. This is why we do both of these in tandem. We forgive, which removes the rocks. It removes the dam that we've been placed up that actually keeps blessing from being able to flow. And then we pray blessing, which is the water of the spirit of God that rushes back into lives. Okay, this is, this is the picture that happens here. Um, and it all comes from, this is where blessing is so cool because when we do this, we actually stand on the side of the comforter and we are starting to agree with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit believes over ourselves and over each other, right? And we start to believe that what he actually says about people is true. Not what the accuser says about people, but what the Holy Spirit actually says about people. Do you know that you would be completely, utterly floored and surprised if you heard what the Holy Spirit said about you? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about this. If you were standing there and you heard audibly what the Holy Spirit says about you, you wouldn't be able to take it in. Because the only thing that the Holy Spirit has is blessing. The only thing that the Holy Spirit has is forgiveness. And so for us to be able to understand, wow, the power of that that's at work in us. Um, okay, passage of scripture, because I gotta, I gotta go. This is a really cool passage of scripture. When we're talking about forgiveness and when we're talking about blessing, there's a passage of scripture in the book of Ezekiel, okay? Ezekiel 37. And this is really, really cool because this speaks to the power of words and the power of the words of life that we carry for one another. Ezekiel 37, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around and among the bones that covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Are there areas of your life that are completely dried out? Think about that for a second. Are there relationships in your life that are completely dried out? Are there areas in your life where there is no life? There's no life. And then he's asked me, son of man, can these bones become living again? And the sovereign Lord, he replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke the message and just as he told me, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came back together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched and muscles and flesh formed over the bodies and skin formed to cover the bodies, but there was still no breath in them. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and the breath came into their bodies and they came to life and stood on their feet, a great army. What are the areas of your life that you need to speak life into? What are the areas that have been dead for too long that the enemy has been able to wreak havoc on because of unforgiveness, because of judgment, because of accusation? What are those areas that now, as we unlock through forgiveness, we now pronounce the blessing of the Lord and see life that takes place in those around us? 
What are those areas of dead? Maybe you need to speak to your marriage. Speak a prophetic word of the Lord of life to your marriage. Maybe it's to your body and to your physical health. We stand up and we speak prophetically by the Holy Spirit a blessing and a wholeness on our bodies, over our friendships, over work, over our finances, over our future, that we actually will say, you know what? No longer am I going to attach with what the accuser says, but I'm actually going to stand up and by faith, because of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do what I've been called to do, which is to speak words of life. You know, you know what's one of the craziest things to me is this, is that you and I were created in the image of God. How did God create? He spoke. We are created in his image, which means he has put in us the power to speak and create. I want you to think about that for a second. There's power in your words. I, I see this so clearly as a parent right now. And, and Ellie is way, way better at it than me. Whenever we speak judgment over our kids, we get an outcome. Whenever we're critical with our kids, we get an outcome. But when we can speak blessing, when we can speak words of life into them, there's a different outcome. When Ellie and I in our marriage get to the point where we're starting to just speak judgment and unforgiveness over one another, there's an outcome. But when we actually get to the point of being able to speak blessing and speak the word of the Lord over their lives and actually believe that what God says about them is true, there's a shift that takes place. As we are a family on mission, one of the biggest things that we can do is understand what it means to walk in the forgiveness towards one another and to walk in this place of blessing towards one another. Okay? Way easier said than done. And I crammed probably way too much into that short period of time. But I want, what I want us to be able to walk away with this is this week, that there are, there are areas of unforgiveness in our life, both to ourselves and to those around us, that don't have to be there because the Holy Spirit can give us the power and has given us the power to break those things off and to be able to speak blessing and to speak life over one another. Can you uh, just believe for, just, just picture this for a second. This, this is just so cool. Imagine if the church was all about forgiveness and blessing. Just imagine it for a second. If when somebody walked in here, that judgment was gone. That, that criticism was gone. That, that pride was gone. And we were able to actually find a place of forgiveness and speak blessing over each area. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? And we have it in glimpses. My prayer is as we step into the weeks ahead that we get it to a whole new level. God, help us to understand forgiveness in a whole new level and help us to extend blessing in a whole new level, right? God's maybe given in part, and he wants to increase that and grow that in, one of, in, in each other. Does this make sense? You receive that today? So here's, here's, here's where we kind of land with, with all of it. Because um, this is a big concept. This is, this is a really big concept. And um, it's, <laughs> our small group gets the benefit of now hearing about it every week. So that's great. So you get to 
we're walking through this, but it's a beautiful, incredible thing. Um, as we conclude today, I just want to simply pray over you because I think that um, if, if, I, if I believe what I think I know about the Holy Spirit is that if he's not already showing areas where there needs to be some work, he will. He's going to reveal that. And I want to pray that it would be the Holy Spirit that actually walks through that journey and not the accuser that brings further condemnation. Because that also can be very true, right? Let me pray for you, and then we're going to go into our groups and discuss here. Father, I thank you for the power of forgiveness. And Lord, even in this short time, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move on the truth of Scripture and the truth of your word. That, Father, if we can tap into, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the unforgiveness towards one another, we would live in the blessing that you have designed for your body to be in. And the weight of unforgiveness would be removed, and the pressure of unforgiveness would be removed. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand those areas in us where we have had those things, those judgments, those condemnations. And Father, I pray that there would be freedom of those and freedom from those in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would search our hearts and help us to understand where those areas are that we have harbored, that we have kept, that we haven't been able to let go. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray the breaking off of those things in the name of Jesus. Lord, some of those things that maybe even we have carried for years and years and years, that, Father, there would be a breaking off of those things in the name of Jesus, judgments that have been said over us and judgments that we have cast on other people. Lord, it stops now in the name of Jesus, and we pray a breaking off and I pray a blessing and that the Holy Spirit would now come and move and breathe through every single one of us. And God, that we would be able to be your mouthpiece, God, that we would speak words of life to one another. And God, I pray right now for protection of minds and hearts against the voice of the accuser that would kind of try to come in and tell them that there's no way and there's no freedom from this. And, and the issue is just too big and the, the unforgiveness is too big. The hurt is too big. Help us, Father God, by the power of the Holy Spirit to break off the lies of the enemy and to believe that your Holy Spirit is moving and active right now in our lives. God, no hurt is too big that you can't take care of it. God, no pain is too big that you cannot heal. God, no accusation or judgment is too big that you cannot move. So Father, we ask for that to take place in our lives this week. I pray a covering and a protection to be upon your people, Lord, as we dig into forgiveness, extending forgiveness and blessing that God, you would move mightily on our church, Father God. Amen, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.